Azanya Mosaka on 702. It's 10 minutes past two and we're into our consumer conversation with uh, consumer journalist Wendy Nola. We do it every single Thursday and Wendy's been busy. (laughs) She's been really busy because we've got so much to get through for today. I'm excited about this hour. How are you doing, Wendy? I'm good. Thanks, Azza. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be reading that book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yes, uh, I, the, today's stories are again about insurance type issues and the kinds of things that trip us up. And a lot of it is following up from uh, last week, the conversations we started then. So yes. we're going to do our best in the time that we have and maybe we'll have to. Uh, deal with some of it next week but yeah let's have a go right um so a story that i wasn't really aware of i wasn't even aware of this company but i do know that buying oh, on right. tickets online um is something we have to be quite careful of especially when there's okay. the sense of high demand what what is it via google okay so it depends who you talk to <laughs> but um, it's a very controversial um Sat. They say that they are just a, a platform, just like um, Airbnb, Uber, that they put buyers and sellers of tickets together. So if you've booked tickets to see someone in concert and you fall ill or something, and you you can then go onto that platform and sell your ticket. And um, but it's um, been said um, in countries around the world, regulators are not happy with them. They don't um, disclose a lot of things well enough on the site. And they've been accused of being actually, you know, the, the modern day touts themselves. So mm. they, get, they buy, buy a bunch of tickets themselves and then um, add on up. lots of fees, delivery fees, convenience fees. I was on the site a lot earlier in the week because we were hearing from people who are desperate to get um, tickets to the Federer Nadal charity match, which is happening in, in February here in Cape Town um, next year yeah. at the Cape Town Stadium, which holds more than 50,000. And if it gets sold out, which I'm sure it will, mm. it'll be the biggest of the of their charity matches. So there's a lot of hype around it. And of course, people are wanting tickets as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. The officials have said, um, the ATP uh, tour people have said that they're only going on sale in early September and that's been out in the news but people go if you go on and and um, if you go online and until yesterday if you typed in um, Federer Nadal tennis match uh, Cape Town tickets you via Gogo would come up as an ad right um, so in other words they pay f- in order to be the top um, search, uh, search result yeah. right okay yeah. so so I had a test case of um, a Durban woman last weekend. She went on and she bought five tickets on the Via Gogo site sure. um, for over 40,000, 40,700. Even though tickets aren't out yet, no. they're coming out in September. She no, bought these tickets have not been allocated. Um, and, oh. and the thing with Via Gogo and the, the, the UK regulators have come down on them a lot for this is they don't, if you buy tickets for a sports match or a, a concert, they just give you the vague area. They don't tell you where your seat is, which is rather important because mm. you don't have a claim to a, a seat or three seats um, and that was the case she got these tickets issued for um, lower tier when she tried to cancel because she realized she must have spoken to some people and said oh my goodness don't buy from via gogo it's a, you know it's not going to work out well some people do get in but i mean because they're so controversial some for example ed sheeran if yeah. you buy a ticket to his concert you uh that you won't be let in with a via gogo ticket they he just bans them and so there's been a lot oh. of uh, pushback so essentially this woman's paid forty thousand seven hundred rand for these tickets which apparently haven't been issued yet um and uh may never be and she can't cancel them and she'll uh, even if they are 
if they Whoa. do happen somehow, they'll only be delivered to her at best three days before the event. So now she's got to wait till February. She's been told, yeah. warned strongly not to try and resell them. So, you know, and the tickets were, listen to this, um, 1,813 Rand each plus 36 Rand delivery fee on each one plus. Um, what was the other fee? No, the tickets um, were sorry, 6, sorry, I got that wrong. The tickets were, you got to be reading it better yeah. than me. Six three per ticket and then one eight on top of that for a, a so-called a booking, booking fee. fee. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, so at best, um, you're paying many, many more times than you should for a ticket if you go on to, to that Directly, site. yes. And there I are mean, others. this is, this so is absolutely doing ridiculous. It, trying to get ahead of the game, but actually, um, Joanne Handel, who's CEO of the Roger Federer Foundation, told Cape Talk yesterday, or I've been the day before, mm. that um, those in possession of tickets have no guaranteed access to that match um, because they been... have not been um, allocated. No, they have the foundation has not allocated any tickets to anybody yet, yes. only from the early September. So, she advised, and we can put it on our blog, the website yes. to go to about all the official um, information about tickets. Yeah, so that's w- match dash in dash Africa dot com. Yeah, it's called the Match in Africa, and it's their sixth charity match. The two of them, and and the other thing, as there is, it's a charity match. So all the the the, the proceeds yes. are going to go to Roger Federer Foundation's. Um, uh, projects here in South Africa. Mm. And yeah, so, so when you, you know, got these ex- excessive fees added, it just goes against the whole, um, purpose of the, the whole spirits, thing. And it's very yes. unlikely that tickets are going to be, even without all those extras, that they're going to be anything like 6,300 Rand. Um, a ticket because right. the idea is to to make it accessible to as many people it is a charity. And I wonder how many all. how many people have fallen for um, this wow. kind, not just from this website, but similar Lots. websites. I get a regular because stream. I remember with the World Cup as well. Remember, we were all so desperate to get our hands on tickets. People mm. queued from the day before and all that buying online, and people would bl- buy a lot of tickets and would on sell them. You know, so yes. this idea of saying uh, we've got yeah. these t- and then they can sell them at an inflated price because they know, demand. Yeah, yeah. they know how desperate people are and these ones are doing it way before the tickets have been before, released exactly which is so, fraud it's just so fraudulent it's, it's yeah and you know anytime you've got something whatever it is a product mm. a service that is in high demand you're going to have people exploiting that yeah that consumer need desperation to to not lose out and so just be on high alert and i think it's also i mean the story broke um just yesterday afternoon, I just mentioned it on Cape Talk actually, and then as I came off air, there was a story that broke that Google has um, suspended the paid advertising by Viagogo because they are not they're, they're um, ignoring the um, UK regulators' mm-hmm. demands to state exact seat prices, uh, seat numbers, and also to warn people that their ticket may not gain them entry and obviously they don't want to state that so yes so anyway yes. so they may not advertise anymore so now if you go and you put in a you know a search for these this tennis match or anything else um you won't, it won't come up viagogo won't come up as the first result it will be it will be there but further down so it's just to limit the amount of business they do and it's commentators in the uk have said that that, that ban mm. or suspension mm. um is likely to affect their business quite a lot which is very good for consumer protection because, no absolutely absolutely yeah. uh, and the the ads when you do a search for something the ads are the ones that often come up so just scroll down and be able to distinguish between what that. is an ad and what's just a, a search a website yeah. or a link to a website. 
I see it quite often when people um, decide they need to check their credit record for whatever reason, which is a very good idea. You don't need a reason. You should always check it yeah. um, as often as possible. But um, so you, if you, if you type in check credit record, the first results, few results you get are all ads played placed by companies who will do that for you for a fee when in fact it's your legal right with every uh, credit regu- every credit bureau rather they have to give you a free uh, free access to your report once a year mm. so as we've said this before in the show so if you, there's sort of four main ones you could get a free report every quarter which is a very good idea to see what's going on in your account whether there are any listings there that shouldn't be there for prescribed okay. debt or whatever but the point is if you simply go on and type and check credit record, those ads will pop up. So people think that they need to pay someone to do it for them when in fact they can do it themselves. It Very free. little trouble and completely free. And that's what the credit National Credit Act, um, they've made that. They've said you, each bureau's got to give a, a person a free, one free check a year because they're trying to encourage more us people as to consumers aware, yeah. to, to check yeah. out, to keep yeah. tabs on our, our credit status. But so, yeah, so those ads are um, yeah. Watch out for them. Gotta Scroll watch out down. For them. Scroll down. Yes. But Wendy, you said earlier that you do get a stream of people uh, with similar cases, like this lady in Durban who bought all of these yes. tickets. Um, and someone's actually saying on uh, Twitter quickly before I ask my question, they say, why would someone buy a ticket without knowing where the seat will be? Isn't that a huge part of the price? People need to be vigilant and do a bit of research they, that comes from Robert. But what are the, agree, the, Robert. some of the categories? They, they of just say, um, they say a lower tier or yes, upper yes. tier. So I went on yesterday, um, just to do a bit of research. And um, let me see if I can find it here. So I booked, I got right up to the point of having to pay. Mm. I thought, let me see upper tier because those were the cheapest. So they, I said two tickets, ticket price uh, just under 5000 49 delivery fee 89 And I, the other woman in Durban got a, a booking fee. I got a convenience fee of 1424 bringing my total price for two tickets. Upper tier, that's the only specification, upper tier to just under 13,000. Wow. Um, so that's way up. And um, the other thing about the site that it does and why it catches people is that they create a false sense of urgency mm. um, where they say, um, in this case, they alleged completely falsely, listen to this. So you go on and on the site and you, you onto Federer versus Nadal tickets and it says uh, 7th of Feb 2020, less than 1% of tickets left for this event capacity fifty five thousand available one eighty nine. Wow. It's completely fabricated. Yes, and a, a colleague of mine here was saying he um, last year wanted to go uh, see some uh, rugby match, mm. and um, he the same sense of urgency urgency was created on the Viagogo site, and he paid and he did get in with that ticket, but he'd paid number one. The, the the stadium was half empty, so that that urgency <laughs> was you know sold out. Bye bye bye. And they also give you a counter. I think it's ten minutes or eight minutes. And it's like quick quick quick, and you've got to go through all the steps. And that thing that pressure. that clock is ticking down. Mm. Yes, and all these things flashing up. Almost sold out. Almost sold out. He was furious. He'd overpaid like massively for those tickets in his. Um, desire to make sure he didn't lose out. It's yes, the whole FOMO yes, thing. Yes. So they trade on FOMO and create this false sense of um, mm-hmm. of urgency. So anytime you see that on a website, quick, 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 must, must, selling out. And even sometimes if you go and try and book your air ticket or accommodation, um, I did a little yes, investigation into this. Accommodation. Yeah. They even tell you how many people have looked uh, um, or made inquiries yes. or currently looking and how many Let's rooms are say, left or moved in yeah. the last day or week or whatever. It's also been, been yeah. there have been a few exposés 
players on this that's also manufactured to a large extent. They hype it up or else make it up completely so that you, you know, again, preying on, on, on FOMO. Hmm. Right. You're missing out. Yeah. Okay, so we'll take calls on that. Maybe um, you've noticed that as well. And I was also curious about the kind of uh, category. Who is it? Sport clearly has come up. Concerts has come up as well. But some mm. of the techniques used in uh, booking accommodation, you know, especially if it's, if it's the in uh, the middle man, yes, and flights as well. So do give us a call on 011-883-0702-31702 for your SMSs. We're going to take a break. Um, and we'll, uh, after this, go on to... Um, one of the stories that Wendy touched on last week, she mentioned the case of a centurion woman who had her claim for a hijacked car declined because she failed to install a tracking device when she bought the car two years ago. So we'll revisit that one and complete the story because there is a conclusion to it. Lines are always open on 11 25 minutes past two and we are talking consumer matters with Wendy Nola and make sure you go on to Life Podcasts. Uh, I'll give you the website address a little bit later so that you can look at all the podcasts that uh, Wendy has uh, covered and including conversations we've had here. If you want to listen back to uh, some of the cases that she has uh, helped to resolve. So we're taking your calls. Maybe you've been a victim of these ticket touters online um, and uh, there are different techniques. Maybe you've observed others that help to build this FOMO, to put pressure on you to make a purchase. And regarding this particular um, charity match that is happening in Cape Town next February between uh, Federer and Nadal, uh, tickets are only going to be released in September. So be careful where you end up and what is being sold to you in the interim because a Durban woman has paid 40,700 Rand for five tickets, lower tier tickets for the match, 6,300 rand per ticket is what it comes out to 36 rand uh, for delivery each and then a booking fee of 1,813 have you ever heard of something more ridiculous um wendy um mm. we'll continue to take calls on a number of the issues well you know it'll just be a mishmash uh, throughout the <laughs> afternoon a mishmash, yes so remind us about the details of the centurion woman whose case with king price you were looking at okay so um I mentioned it because I'm just on a mission. I, I get, I hear from so many people who thought they had insurance and then they have the hour of need, the big event, and they discover that they didn't at all. Um, whether it's a funeral policy or a, a, a car insurance. In this case, a centurion woman, her name is Elaine Haupt. She's happy for me to use her name to help others. Yeah. Uh, she's, um, she bought this car. She's in her fifties. It was her first new car and she paid for it cash. It's an SUV, oh. Hyundai Kona. Really nice little car. Yeah. She bought it in April of 2017. She was um, the victim of a horrible um, sort of hijacking. Well, she she surprised. She went home to fetch something um, mm. in the middle of the morning. Went home from work and she walked into a home invasion. And these three guys then took everything on her and sure. her car as well. Mm. Um, and she put in a. a a claim, obviously, and it was denied because when she took out the insurance two years previously, she didn't have a tracking device fitted. And yes, that's fair enough. Um, it is a condition of cover for that insurer and many others on, on certain cars, but um, 
she felt that it wasn't made clear enough. So I took up her case. Right. And there are lessons in it for, for a lot of us. So she paid 285,000 rand cash for this car. Yeah. Um, you can imagine, Azza, that's a, mass, a massive loss. Yeah. She, March this year, two years on, she had that horrible incident. Um, incidentally, the car hasn't been recovered, which is now our only hope. But police have shown her videos of it being used to hijack people in Vorna Valley. Can you wow. imagine watching your car, your yes. precious car, being used for that? Um, so I then got involved. I um, listened to the recordings of uh, her calls with, number one, the agent from King's Price when she took out the cover. Or she actually phoned for a quote, which later became um, accepted. And then she had a call from um, Car Track, one of the tracking device companies, mm-hmm. asking her if she wanted to go ahead and fit the thing. And she said, no, I don't. So how did that call um, go? Because well, I find she, that these recordings yes, are interesting. Because, everything. Oh, yeah, that exchange. Uh, because Very they often careful. say, like, is that a yes, ma'am? You know, just for that clarity. That yeah. Yes. Well, it's good if they do that. So they draw your attention to the fact that you actually are agreeing to something. So mm. she was asked, she was told that her cover was dependent on a tracking device being fitted to the car. And then the agent says, unless you choose to override it, in which case there's a higher premium. Right. So towards the end of the conversation, she's asked which option she wanted because she didn't say initially when, you know, whether she wanted to override the need for it or not. Um, and she sort of said, I'm just looking for pricing options. And later in the call, when she was asked to say if she wanted to get a tracker or not, she said, okay, I must have it. In fact, my friend works for car track. Mm. And then she was quoted a premium of 819 Rand and slightly or quite a bit higher for, um, if she didn't have it. Okay. Cause obviously your risk is now greater. Yes. Um, but she says at no time did I ever get a phone call from King Price to confirm whether I had a tracker fitted, but they taking that as no done. Mm-hmm. The reason that I took up the case, and it and it kind of I mentioned it on air because we were talking about that caller phoned in and said that his friend's um, husband had died, and she claimed on the funeral policy, and, and they, they said, "Oh no, you had a lapsed, you had a lapsed premium." Yeah, so I thought, why is there an onus on them to say actually? You aren't in good standing. You haven't paid a premium or you haven't had a tracking device fitted or whatever. Please understand you don't have cover. And it seems but she not had to. two claims as well. She had had two minor claims. But this is why I thought... Um, okay, now we've got them because she had minor claims. And one was a door dent from a security boom hitting her car and the other yeah. one was a smashed window. Okay. And both of them were claimed during the course of last year with no problem. Oh, and Spiss was sitting in front of me when you get getting swept up in this detail. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, the news. Yeah. Oh, of course, that, those details. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Let's do yeah. the headlines. <laughs> Next time, please. You're getting carried away. Yes, clear your throat or something, you know. <laughs> 702. Asanya Mosaka. Lines are always open. On 011-883-0702. It's 23 minutes to uh, 3 o'clock. And we're taking your calls, by the way. Do get involved in Consumer Matters this afternoon with Wendy Nola. We've looked at Via GoGo. And this is a website that puts pressure on you. They sell tickets. They touters. Um, they've already started advertising tickets for uh, the Federer and Adult Charity Match happening in Cape Town next February. I've gotten some interesting feedback from you about your experience. One says, I was going to buy tickets on Viagogo for the Rugby World Cup finals. So I'm sure he's relieved. This yeah. person's relieved that they didn't go ahead with it. Another one says, Every time we do yeah. this, uh, someone gets hold of us to say, oh, thank you, you saved us. I was us. about I was just, to. Mm, yeah, but listen exactly. to this one. This one says, yeah. my husband bought four tickets for Monster Jam. At almost 6,000, 
via uh, via Google on via Google. The tickets were delivered the day after the event. No. The day after. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, there you, you go. You see the problems, and mm. then what recourse mm. do you have? Where are these people? I mean, and as you said, with the earlier with the Durban lady, she's struggling to cancel. It, she's tried several times, several and they've times. sent her it's their customer service. And I should say, as mm. journalists, we are always required to um, get the other side. And so I emailed twice that customer service um, email address that no the response. Durban woman had used. And I said, this is a media query. Please forward to a spokesman and um, no response. So they're dealing so with the media, that. dealing with the courts. They, they do it with disdain yeah, like they did they with the UK they, courts. Exactly. They, yeah. they are just... Um, flying in the face of, of yeah. that ruling and it'll be interesting to see what happens next and at least Google's doing what you know it can and stopping because yeah. they get yeah. money, big money for those, for those, those advertisers. Yes. Yeah. Here's another one. It says, uh, regarding Viagogo, I bought two tickets for the President Cup in Melbourne in December. I paid for the captain's role which came to an amount of 8,900 rand. A week later, I was told they were not available but I you could see. look at other options or cancel I did cancel and have been re- refunded an amount of 8,000 Rand. I okay, call so the school diff- fees and in future will be far more careful, regards Karen. So, so I'm not sure that she, that, that she pay 8,000 and get refunded 8,000. No, so she paid 8,900, but she got refunded 8,000. So 900 okay, so Rand she, less. Mm, That's she why she, yeah. Most of it back, but still 900 Rand school fees. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So let's now come back to okay. the story of Elaine Hopped um, so, and her saga with uh, King Price. So she had okay. two minor accidents and the insurance did fix that. And then yes. her car gets stolen as she interrupts a, a house invasion, yeah. a home invasion. And there were, you listened yeah. back to the tapes of her refusing or saying, uh, agreeing rather, to get the tracking device in her car. Yeah, so that part I could... I could um, follow because you know she, they say to her, "This is what you'll pay if you've got a, t- a tracking device. This is what you'll pay if you don't. It's higher." Yeah. Her premium was the lower one. She um, had a call from CarTrack and said, "No, I don't want it." Um, mm. And she says she didn't realize the implications of it. She didn't realize that after all those conversations, that actually, if her car was hijacked or stolen, she would have no cover. So. When she had these two earlier minor claims, um, both of them last year, um, they were settled without any problems. So I went back to the insurer, King Price, and I said, why not at that point, if her cover was dependent, why did you um, approve those claims and leave her with the impression that everything was fine with her cover, mm. when in fact her lack of tracking device meant that if she had a, a major claim, I mean, if the co- entire car was was stolen or hijacked from her, that she, it, that, that claim would fail. And they said, um, let me just find out. She said, first of all, uh, the, the, the King Price uh, spokesman said that it's not the responsibility of the insurer to follow up with a client to ensure that they mm. comply with the terms and conditions of the policy. So, so let that sink in. Everybody who's got insurance. <laughs> it's not the responsibility of the insurer to follow up with a client to ensure that they comply. Like, have you got a tra- tracking device? Have you got burglar guards on your opening windows in your home? You know, that kind of thing. We need yes. to do that for ourselves. So we provide we don't want information. To f- they asked the questions. Yes. We responded. Told we provide you, information. We've told you the implications. We've yeah. told you that. Okay. And then they say, um, as for, um, 
why the lack of a tracking device wasn't mentioned when she made those two small claims last year. King Price said they were not relevant to the tracking device requirements. The one was a boom that came down on one of her doors and the other was a smashed window. Mm. So they weren't going to reject those because whether she had a tracking device or not was not relevant. It's only relevant when your car is stolen, right? Mm. But... um, they said it was only checked, this, this tracking device requirement was only checked with the last claim, that major claim, because it was required to determine if the client enjoyed cover for the theft of the vehicle. Plus, they said Elaine was given policy documents stating that a tracking device must be installed in order for her to enjoy theft and hijack cover. Which she signed. So, which, which, yes, and there's an onus on us as, as consumers to read our policy documents, to read the small print terms and conditions of everything. And in- interestingly, this Elaine did complain to the short-term insurance ombudsman, mm-hmm. the free service, and they, they their attorneys um, fairly assess um, the matter and rule either in favor of the, the client or the company. And in this case, unfortunately for Elaine, because of those points I've just mentioned, they ruled in favor of King price. So that was a very, very expensive mistake on Elaine's so 285,000 rand a car that she bought for cash yeah. now gone. So her only hope is if the police recover that vehicle and if that it's not then going to be turned into, well, what is it, a code what? when Code 3. Code three yeah, if they're it. still using it for hijacking purposes then it's, yeah, it's probably still okay. It hasn't been in some kind of major crash but it's un unusual for a car to be gone for two years and to come back without mm. needing major um, repairs and all the rest. But it's, it would still be better than no car at all. But sure. I felt for her and I really thought that, you know, the fact that she had those claims, she had an interaction with the claims department and nothing was said about the tracking device. I, I still think, I don't know, you know, no, like legally it might be fine, but I would say, you know, <laughs> even if it isn't really, please, please understand. Now mm. we are engaging. They don't have to proactively get on it. They are now engaging with it. Please understand. We see here, um, you, are you aware of the fact that mm. you don't have a tracking device? You're not paying for the override on your policy. Mm. You're paying the lower premium as if you've got a tracker. Um, mm. please so there's, understand a, there's if a risk. Cost, there's that there, risk. There's a, but that, that didn't happen. And apparently there's no, um, requirement on them to have, gone that far yes. so I, my job tells me that many people are paying insurance premiums thinking they're covered and they found out when they need it most when they need to make a claim yeah. that they haven't got it and the other most common one is regular driver so the person who is the regular driver in many cases the young child um, mm, like you know, I have a 19 year old son so if I had to insure the same car that I'm driving in his name, the premium would shoot up by about four times. Yeah, so we never disclose so that. But let's, let's and take so, calls. Yeah. Um, as you said, the regular driver and, of course, not uh, being Two aware biggies. of what exactly we're covered for. Junior, and you're what, calling us yeah. from, from Kibler Park. Hello, Junior. Hi, Azania. How are you? Good. Welcome, Junior. So experience with I'm insurance good. companies or uh, well, uh, this particular my, case? My experience is different and I... Just did this game. I work for an insurance company, but I'm insured by another insurance company. So normally what they would do is if you take insurance over the phone, they would say to you, um, you need to take your car for for evaluation at either a PG class or whatever they, whatever company that they utilize to do the survey of your vehicle in terms of shapes and tests and whatever the case may be, sure. as well as the checking device. So, and the condition would be, you need to do that within seven days. If yes. you don't do that within seven days, then there is no cover for theft or hijacking. Mm. So some insurance companies would do that. 
And obviously, as consumers as well, we need to take responsibility in terms of that. Because if you don't take your vehicle in for for that um, sort of check, then you, you, you've taken the responsibility to self-insure should there be should your car be stolen or be hijacked. Right. While paying the so premium and well <laughs> thinking you're yeah. covered. Mm. Yes, very good point, Junior. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. And like King Price did, there are two options, you know, the lower option and the higher option, if you have and if you don't have that tracking device. That's interesting. And let's also hear from Lebo, who has um, uh, experience with car insurance. Hello, Lebo. Hi, Azania. Yes, hi. I'll be sharp and shoot, man. I got an internet accident on the 4th of February this year. Yeah. The insurance, I've done everything. I'm paying my premiums. Then they said on the 6th of June, yeah. you're rejecting your claim because you're using it for business, not for private. Uh, that's fine. another one. Then I, said, then I said to them, okay, that's fine. Can I get my car back because I've got a friend who's got um, a penal beat. How can you do it for me? Yeah. And they said... Um, you have to pay for storage, for 25,000 storage, for keeping the car for about six months. You, six months? Six months? When did that happen? Yes. Uh, from uh, Feb. Involving an accident. Yeah. In yeah. February. Yeah, in February, then yes. And then on the four, 5th of June, that's only when um, this issue then came up, that you were using it for business, which you hadn't disclosed. But so th- yeah, so that's wait, another the reason why they can reject. The car is still with the insurance. You know, they, that's yeah. very unusual all those months. And tell me, Lebo, did yes. they state anywhere in any of your policy documents or in any emails to you or over the phone that you would be liable for storage fees no. at all that time? No. You know, then when I said, no, can I have the car? They said, you are liable for keeping the car uh, because it was kept there for about um, in February, only on the 6th of mm, uh, June. June. Did they say they rejected the claim? Yeah, no. Please leave your details if you'd like me to look into that. I mean, that's 25,000. Especially if it wasn't disclosed, I'd like to take that up with the insurer if you want to share your details with me, Lebo. Mm, Lebo, just stay on the line and give your details over to my producer. And I hope he's read that fine bloody print. You know, to say that feeling it's in there. But but by the same time, if the same token, if he. If that delay was caused by them, not him, yes. out of his hands, then it would not have been built yes. up to that much. It was not of his doing, in other words. So, so um, how that, do you that prove that? Looked then? At. Well, is easily, it about the, because when, a, when the assessment was done and complete, yes, and, the, and the, who, who caused the delays? It was unlikely to be him. I mean, unless there's a record of him saying, "No, I'm not collecting the car," and them saying, "Please understand, sir, yes. that you're going to be accumulating storage fees at the at a rate of so much per day." Yeah, um, that's fine. But if it's just sprung on him, as I say, I can't say and and, and until I've investigated, but. That doesn't seem right to me. Okay, so we are going to continue to take your calls. Do give us a call, 011-883-0702. There are a number of reasons why an insurer, a short-term insurer, can reject your claim. Even long-term insurer, why they can reject your claim. Um, And this time around, we're getting into the long-term side of it. The car insurance case that has to do with Elaine's car is short-term insurance. But then um, now we're looking at long-term insurance. And it has to do with another previous caller who raised the issue. Yes, uh, if you recall, um, a man phoned in um, and on behalf of a friend, he said she, uh, her husband had died and yes. when she tried to claim on the funeral benefit, it was denied because there was a missed premium sometime before. So in other words, she had been paying 
normally for some time, but that when she tried to claim, they said, oh, no, there was a missed um, premium sometime before. And I said, mm. oh, no, that doesn't seem fair to me. Surely they, sh- they should have mentioned it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, we didn't get a follow-up email um, as far as I as can tell. As you had suggested because you said yes, get I'd in said, touch. Right. Yes, but I thought it's an interesting one for all of us to know what, what the position would be. So I took it up with a long-term insurance um, ombuds office and I got a response from the ombud himself, Judge McLaren. Mm. Um, and he said um, that he was at pains to say he can't comment on individual cases, but just around this issue of missed premiums mm. in general. Mm. He said there's a statutory, which means legal grace period of 15 days in relation to any policy which provides for a monthly premium payment, so long or, or short term insurance. Um, if you are late paying and in the next four, 15 days you have a claim, they can't reject on the basis that you're you in arrears. They have to honor that claim in that period of 15 days. 15 so that's good days. for everyone. It's, it's and they. They have no um, leeway over that, these so, insurers. They have to give that grace period of 15 days. So say I work for, for, for uh, uh, and I'm not giving small businesses a bad name here, but it's just, it's a hot, it's a, it's a difficult time in the economy. So say, yes. for whatever reason, you know, mm. um, I don't mm. get paid on the day that I'm due to get paid. Debit orders are signed bounce. to go off on that day. Mm. They bounce. My, mm. Therefore, my long-term insurance is not paid. So, Any insurance, yeah. Yes, yes. So I have the 15 days in which grace. I can make yeah, grace. Uh, and then I can make alternative uh, arrangements, make that payment within 15 days. Yes, what happens the after the 15 is days? If, is that where it lapses? Yeah, so if you, if you um, make that claim um, after day uh, 15, uh, then they can they can rightfully say sorry your policy has lapsed due to the fact that you haven't paid your so premium. So our claim is still valid within those fifteen days. Yes. Beyond fifteen days, the claim will not be paid. Yeah, and what Such the judge did say was that period. in the case of of funeral policies, though, there's almost always a grace period of thirty days. So you okay. have almost you have a month. Um, he said, but it's good to check because some funeral policies are still 15. So if you're in the market for a funeral policy, check that. By that, law, yeah. it has to be 15, but a lot of them make it 30. So that's what you really good. want just to cover yourself. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then he said, beyond that grace period, you must check your policy and see what it says there. In some cases, the policy comes to an end and there's no further cover. So it's, it's over sure. in every respect. Sure. In other cases, the cover lapses, but the policy remains in existence and the cover will be reinstated when your next period oh, is paid, where your next premium is paid. So you've just got that like two weeks or whatever where, or whatever long it takes you to get up to, 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 to pay your premium up to date where you're at risk. And he says, um, if the policy has lapsed, it will be automatically reinstated when the next premium was paid. In some cases, with other insurers, you actually have to apply to have it reinstated. You see, do we get our premiums we have back? To read. If they cancel, yes. If they cancel your, uh, your premium, I think in that case, because you're behind, I'm not sure. Um, was they denied the claim? Yes, I think so. Um, so it just you have to look at your small print. If you yes. if you lapse and then you and then you and then you get back, you know, you pay your next one. In some cases, your premium will be automatically reinstated. In some cases, not. Mm. Um, and also be aware that there's a waiting period for funeral policies. So you can't you're unlikely to get take it out today and then make a claim tomorrow because they're obviously trying to avoid someone taking out the the policy because they know that their loved ones is. Um, 
is close to death. Yes. Here's an SMS Um, that I think speaks to that. It says, my domestic worker took out a funeral policy uh, from Capitec for her mother in April, subject to a six-month waiting period in case of natural death. And then her mother died Monday. Surely they must refund the premiums paid as no payment, payout rather, was made on the policy. So this payout in case it lapses, in case, you know, it's within that waiting period. I wonder what it is. And of course, it comes back to the fine print. It comes back to the fine print. Usually, if they say, if they reject your policy, because remember we had this case with some of those um, long-term, the momentum drama, where you, uh, medical non, uh, material medical non-disclosure, they will refund your policies if they, their argument is, had they known the risks, they um, wouldn't have covered you at all, in which case they will refund your, your uh, policies. And I think in the case of Elaine with a car, the, the premiums may also have been refunded. But interestingly, as for this this case that we were presented with without details where there was a missed premium at some point and mm. then she carried on paying, they said, the judge said, um, there is no onus on the insurer to point out to an insurer that the cover is in jeopardy in the circumstances sketched by myself. Sure. In other words, the missed premium was sometime before, but current premiums are up to date. But he said, when considering such complaints, we will take fairness into consideration. We may require the insurer to pay a claim after deduction of the outstanding premium or mm. premiums. Well, it's a pity so, they never followed it up with you. It but is a the pity. would have been perhaps to go to the listening, ombudsman. Mm. Yes, the fairness thing might come in. Okay. Uh, my, my, my take out for that is please um, check the status of your funeral policy or your car insurance. Just make that call. Pertaining to the Send the premiums. email, get it in writing yeah. and say, I just want to look at my policy. Is it, Am I failing to, you know, just discuss a regular driver. Just yeah. You don't want to be in a situation where you're making this grudge purchase of insurance because it is a grudge purchase. And then when you need it, you're thinking, oh, sure, thank yeah, goodness. And yeah. then. Oh no! Actually, you you don't have cover because this 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 or whatever. You didn't let's, take your car to be checked or whatever. Right. Let's quickly squeeze this one in from Justin. Justin, yes. you um, have a story with your insurance. Yes. Hi. Hi. Mm. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes. Go ahead. All right. Um, hi, Wendy. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Justin. It's a very strange scenario. I, I was driving my vehicle. I've got a Grand Cherokee, and I was driving my vehicle in a on a road which was basically a two lane road with a solid line between the lanes, both going in the same direction. Okay. So in other words, my lane on the left would have gone straight and the lane on the right would have veered to the right, mm. hence the solid line. Mm. There was a lady driving her ID next to me. We were driving 12 k's an hour and she decided to try cross from her lane, cross my lane because she, there was a parking bay, in which case she, she, she basically drove into the front of my vehicle. Yeah. Um, when I contacted her insurance, which was insurance. Um, because I didn't want to go through my insurance, which was Discovery, because of the bonus schemes and all the rest. Mm. Our insurance came back to me and said, no, they'll pay. It took, a, it took a long, long time to get to the point of they'll pay. But they claim they'll only pay 60% of mm-hmm. the value of the damage. Yeah. And I said, why? And they said, well, because uh, we were both going in a straight line, so they had some clause saying shared... Uh, yes. A clause saying shared... Shared damage or something yeah. like that. Failure to keep a proper lookout. That's how they put it. There's precedent for that, unfortunately, Justin, and many consumers understandably feel very aggrieved by it when they're in your position. But essentially, even when people go through, blatantly go through red traffic lights, yep. um, they will apply that thing where you're considered to be 40% to blame because you should have 
seen it happening and taken evasive steps or whatever. It's it's they've they've been you know there's a legal case backing that up, legal precedent, and all the insurers do that. Unfortunately, um, that's mm. yeah. I've taken up many cases of people like yourselves yeah, who feel it's yeah. grossly unfair because they know that you they know the other person mm. yeah. Uh, but it, was, it was absolutely bizarre. I mean, we were going 12 kilometers per hour. Yes. I was watching everything around me, and she was like literally a meter away from me. Yeah. There's no way you can take any evasive. Yeah, I know. I, right. I feel anyway, your pain. So, but it, it's, no, thank it's you for sharing problem. that example, Justin. Actually, thank but, you very much. But it actually, Azania, it gets a bit worse because mm. then when, when utterance was prepared to pay the 60%, if I applied that value, there's no way I would have covered the cost with the panel be turned the first That's the thing. Like yes. always going to be paying in. It's anyway, always better to go to your own insurer. Yeah, you're always going to have to do that. There you go. Mm. Justin, yeah. thank you for the call. Thanks, thank you very it. much. But uh, there and again, Wendy, he loses his... We're also okay. out of time, and I know that we did we everything are. to squeeze it all in. <laughs> well done. Because we did. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we'll be together again next week. We um, so much. Will. So, so Thank much. So you. watch those insurance call center calls go off this afternoon. Well, They're going yes. to be busy. Check. Going to so. be busy. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wendy.